Uh, Y'all can sit down. (laughs) This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. You know I'm very enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith comes. It comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Amen. Now the rest of you can sit down. My assignment today is very profound. It is to propel you into the place God has called you to. My assignment is very simple but profound. It is to propel you in the place that God has called you to. We all know that many are called but few are chosen. I hope that I'm talking to the chosen few today. Amen? I'm going to read the scripture, although you're sitting. You don't have to get back up. I'll stand for you. John 14, verse 21 says this. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, this word manifest is important because it means to bring something tangible into your life through attraction and belief. It means the proof of the reality of something. Too many people are trying to see something that's already visible. Trying to be something that they already are. Trying to become someone that Christ has already made you. Christ has manifested himself already. The manifestation thereafter depends on your attraction and your obedience. Your attraction and your obedience. In this particular passage of scripture, I had to go back to John chapter 7 because Jesus was having a conversation with his brothers of his own household. Not Christians, but his brothers. His brothers, the Bible says in John chapter 7, they didn't believe that he was who he said he was. And they was living in the same household with God. So the first thing must be discovered is, do you believe that Jesus is who he said he is, and do you believe what he has done you can also do? See, if you can't believe he is who he said it is, then the manifestation of Christ will avoid you at all times. In John chapter 7, if you please turn that with me. So in that verse 1, and I'm going to read it down to verse 5, John chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. We're going to talk about that. His brothers therefore said to him, his brothers, depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples, they're not disciples, that your disciples may also see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Now, Christ was in a house, a godly house, because Mary 
and Joseph were godly people, but his brothers did not believe in the one that God had sent to teach them about God. It's many people that go to church, come to church, read the Bible, do all of the Bible things says, but don't believe in the Bible they read. Because they don't believe in the Bible they read, they don't see the results of what's written. We don't see the miracle signs and wonders that Jesus did because we don't believe the Bible that says that they're supposed to happen to us, with us, and through us. We're looking for someone else to do what God has called us to be doing. Y'all don't hear me. You have a godly responsibility to do godly things. We are too busy doing things that we can do in our natural, and we don't need God to help us do that. But we ask God to help us do things that we can do without his help. Y'all praying below your privilege. Uh, Y'all praying, believing beneath your ability. You have to ask God to do things that only God can do, but he want to use you to do it. Because you're not employing him, he's not busy. He's watching for the work. The Bible says that labors are few, but the work is plentiful. It's a few people doing something, but most are doing nothing. We talked about that already. Now, what I need you to understand here is Amplified says in John chapter 14, verse 20, it says, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show, reveal myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. God is not a myth. God is not something far off. When you get born again, God moves in. He is now inside of us, going to do what Jesus did when he was outside of us. He didn't move into us to do what we could do without him. Oh, y'all listen to me. God want to see himself at work. God want to see himself at work in the people that's doing God's work. We make God look weak, watered down, insignificant. We esteem trouble like it's something. <laughs> trouble ain't nothing. Problems ain't nothing. Our God can solve any and everything. Any and everything. What he can't solve is why you're not doing what he called you to do. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, this is a promise from Christ to every believer. Promise and condition of spiritual union and, and power. I'm in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39 now. And Jesus here makes a profound declaration. 7, verse 37 and through 39. He now goes to the feast that he said he wasn't going to go to. But don't you know Jesus can't have a church service without him? I said, don't you know Jesus can't have a church gathering without him? If two are in together in the midst, he's in the midst of them. Amen. So you can't go to church and Jesus not be there. Amen. But what's missing is the presence of Jesus and the person of Jesus being in the place where Jesus is supposed to be in charge. Uh, he want to come to his house and be in charge of his house. If I come to your house, you're going to make me respect your house. You're not going to let me act like I'm at my house in your house. So why don't we come to the house of God and act like it's our house? We can do what we want. He's, this is his house. We've got to act like he wants us to act in his house. 
He did go into a house and tear it up because they was acting like something else in his house. Y'all remember the story where he turned the tables over and started beating the people because they was acting like they was at that house, not his house. He said, my house should be called the house of prayer. Prayer. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now you will have to go to Leviticus to understand what's really happening. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 34. The chapter 23 talks about the feast that God had spoke to Moses, telling him that they had to have. We have to have. <laughs> the Bible says that it was the seventh month, which is Tarish, T-I-S-R-I. In, in the Hebrew. And it means the seventh month. And on the seventh month of the eighth day, Jesus cried out, it was when they supposed to have the offering poured out. It was a time where it was called a, a feast of booths, the feast of the tabernacles, or the feast of Sabbath, Sukkot, S-U-K-K-O-T. What this celebration was for to show the children of Israel they had come through the wilderness, they had tents, representing shelter in the natural but it represents spiritual covering in the spirit. So they were supposed to come out and celebrate what God had brought them through that they weren't going through by themselves. Ain't nobody talking to me. So now this celebration is to point back to when God brought you from your wilderness experience into the place where you now sit in a covering under him. You can't come through your trouble and come to God and not have praise for what he had brought you through. So this was a great celebration because they were reminded of what God had done for them, protection and provision. I told you September is a time of harvest. So they didn't just come covered, they came with something. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. God has brought us a mighty long way, and we act like we came this way by ourselves. He has done everything, and we don't recognize that he's the one that done it. We think we got an education, got a class, got a job, and got our this ourselves. No, God promoted you. God sustained you, God carried you, and you don't give him the praise for what he has done. This is a spiritual month of celebration. Tarish, Tarish, T-I-S-H-R-I. It is a gathering, a holy convocation, the Bible calls it, but it's a holy assembly. The Bible says this is not an ordinary gathering. This is not an ordinary church service. This is not an ordinary time. This is a time of great celebration. Jesus stood up and cried out, this is a great celebration. This is the eighth day. This is a time that God looks back on what he has done, and we're supposed to worship him for what he has done and not act like he hasn't done anything. We can't see him because we're not looking for him. It's not that he's not tangible. We disregard what he has done and make it think that nothing happened. The eighth day, the great day of the feast, because it was a day of great assembly and offering sacrifices of Israel. The first seven days, they professed to offer sacrifice for others. On this day, the eighth day, a priest drew water from the pool of Salom in a golden vessel and brought it to the temple at a time that was appointed of the morning sacrifice. While it was on the altar, he poured this water mingled with wine upon it. The people all the whole time was singing with great joy. 
During this time, it is believed that that's when the Lord made his great prophecy of the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the life of each believer. Now, they poured out water mingled with wine. Jesus poured out blood mingled with water. <laughs> Symbolizing that all that has been foretold has been fulfilled. And he said, out of your belly shall flow living water. The power of God is not outside of God's people. It is inside of God's people to be poured out when needed. What don't happen is we don't build ourselves up in our most holy faith that when we need to be poured out, we're not, we are empty. How do you be filled? I asked the Lord to teach me how to make my will submissive to his will. I asked him to let my will fall in love with him. So my will is what I will do and will not do, but if I get my will in line, everything is a fall in line. What we wrestle with with our own will, not God's will, but our own will to submit to the will of God. That was an experience that Jesus himself displayed that it can be done. Y'all know he said, not my will, but thy will be done. So we can do the same thing. What we don't do is want to, therefore we don't do. Pastor, I wish I had one person that believed the word of God. What happens is we want to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, and how we want to do it. Regardless of what God wants us to do, whatever that time appointed to us. You have been charged to keep the word of the Lord. He, Jesus said, my, keep my commandments, not just have them. It's, it's the difference in having something and keeping what you have. You know, you can lose anything you got. But when you have something that you really want, you do whatever you have to do to keep it. So now that means if I got God's word, I got to keep it. I got to do whatever I got to do to make sure I honor his word above my own will. But the only way that happens is as I allow my will to fall totally, completely in love with the Lord. How then do you make love come alive? I shouldn't have to tell you that. But I guess you asked me, so I will tell you. You must learn to prioritize your life. We don't like prioritization because it means we got to give up something to do something instead of. But priority is the first thing that this requires. You have God's word. you got to prioritize it above everything else. Nothing else is equal to above or close to that. When we put God in his proper place, everything else lines up. And when we try to put something else in his place, everything else is misplaced. So I'm going to give you quick four little things that the Lord gave me to give you. They are declaration, prioritization, communication, and then manifestation. Declaration, prioritization, communication, and manifestation. We just announced that Jesus declared a thing, and that which he declared has come into fruition. He declared that we will have the Spirit and the Holy Spirit has been given, and we have him. He lives inside of us. He rules in us. He convicts us of sin. He tells us what's wrong and right. We must put him in his place and subject ourselves to his place. We must put him in his place and subject ourselves to his place. We put him first, and we listen. You can't listen if you're not paying attention. You Then you're just hearing it's going right through. But you didn't hear what was said, you don't take to heart what was said, and you don't apply what was said, therefore you don't do what was said. Listening is taking in what's said, 
put it in your heart and store it and keep it. When you have a test to challenge that, you take that test and pass because I have the answer already. What is a test? Anything to challenge what you know is a test to you. When it hinges on right and wrong, stop feeling where you know what's right and leave wrong alone. Wrong is always present. That don't mean we always have to do it. It's always evil. Not outside, but in here. Wrestling with the right inside of you to convince you to do wrong instead of right. God would be unjust if he didn't tell you the truth and let you lie and get away with it. Y'all will catch up. God tells you the truth. You argue with the truth and choose a lie instead. Stop listening to the world. Stop listening to the naysayers. Stop listening to those that convict you and condemn you for doing right. Don't matter what they think of you, no matter what God has told you. Jesus has declared a thing. We are learning how to prioritize a thing. John 12, 26 says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Now, following the Lord is not walking behind the Lord. <laughs> uh, you might follow your friends in the game in a line. You walk behind some people, some people behind you. Following the Lord is in step, side by side. He said, can two walk together unless they be agreed? Following the Lord is doing what the Lord does, how the Lord does, and when the Lord does. You're following him because you're being led by his spirit, not walking behind. Y'all follow me? Following is a position that you have been privileged to get. God wants you to start following with your whole heart, with all your faith, and not with doubt in the way. His brothers could not follow him because they didn't believe. They even told him to leave and go to Judea. If you want to be doing these works, go and let all your disciples see. Christ did not reveal himself to everyone. He revealed himself to a few. Those few are to reveal him to everyone. He's not through revealing. He just needed a few more showing him. Communication. The Bible says in Revelation 3.20, in 22 through 22, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Now this word eat is not food that you think. Jesus said many times that my meat is to do the will of my father. This is spiritual food, spiritual intellect, spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding, and then spiritual doing. Because when he talked in the Leviticus, he said no ordinary work is to be done. This is supernatural opportunities. I got supernatural workers. I need supernatural doings from the supernatural workers. Ordinary, anybody can do that. Everybody can do that. It's ordinary. But we don't serve an ordinary God, so we won't do ordinary things, but he needs some extraordinary people doing extraordinary things because he has called us to be extraordinary. He called us a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. He don't see you as nothing that we have come up to be. We are much more in Christ Jesus than we think we are. 
and he wants us to show him by being extraordinary in him. Yeah. Amen. I'm not never about finished. That was just a pause for a second that y'all kept up. Communication is different from someone just talking and someone just listening. Communication is a union and exchange. It's two-way talking, two-way listening, and the results after. Whatever God says is a result after. He's tired of talking and no one's listening and getting no results. He wants to talk to some hearers. The Bible said, let the, those that have an ear hear what the Lord is saying. We're not just hearers only, but doers of what we hear. We can't say something and not be what we're saying. So if you heard a word, the word gives you a task to do. It's not up to you to see the results of the task, but it is up to you to do the task. God produces the results by having an employee do what the employer says for the employee to do. Now, what then is your role in the communication? You must get in a place to hear. A busy person can't hear. We were talked to before about turning on the noise. It's too much going on in our lives to hear God. God will not fight with all the noise to get you to listen. You have to shut the noise out that God speaks loud and clear. The Bible makes it known he, he gives a whisper. <laughs> but if God just is louder than thunder, if the listeners are paying attention, the naysayers don't hear nothing. He says the spirit come in and does all kind of things, and those that don't, are not familiar with the spirit don't see nothing happening. But you see the results if you're watching God work. Amen? Amen. Jesus never stopped working because he went to heaven. The Bible says he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting on the sons of God to be manifested. His work is in us. His labor is in us. He's not lazy, so you can't be lazy in him. Somebody tell somebody, I will manifest him. Now the Bible says, I will manifest myself to him. But what our task is to manifest him. We allow him to be manifested in our lifestyles. Not just in his house, but everywhere, at all times. I tell my brothers, you must learn to slow down your thinking. That the mind of Christ can begin to work. If you always got the answer, Christ is not talking to you. <laughs> if you always got the answer, Christ is not talking to you. Because you already didn't determine how it's going to turn out. And you didn't give the Lord a chance to do nothing. And then nothing really happens. Because you can't do nothing without him. How then do you slow down your thinking? You must learn to meditate upon the word. The Bible says day and night that the word can talk to you all times. Then when you come up to a decision to be made, the answer is already given to you before you think about it. Ah, oh, Jesus. I'm trying to help you manifest Christ. 
because Christ wants to be revealed in the earth today by those that know him. The knowledge of him is not enough. It's okay to know to do good, but you expect to do what you know. So Christ has given you his word, and you know enough of his word to do enough good to last you a lifetime. But your wrestle is not with the word. Your wrestle is with your will to submit to the word that you know that the manifestations can come forth. Amen? Amen. So the challenge is to do what you know. That when you know to do right is right for you to do. Manifestations. John chapter 14, verses 9 through 14. John 14. 9 through 14. Now here we see that Jesus was talking to his disciples. And he made it known to them that something they didn't recognize was visible. He said, as the Father, what did I say, 14? Yeah, I turned too far. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Likewise, the Father in us does the work. God has sent Jesus to move inside of us. When you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you thereby, for that admission of understanding, you become saved. God moves in. Jesus moves in. The Holy Spirit moves in. You have all the God that you will ever need at that moment. What we don't do is allow that moment to be transactive all the days of our life. Our manifestations are, of him occurs when we submit to him and allow him to be him in us, not us be us. God is tired of us being our own God, being our own master. We call him Savior, but we don't like that word Lord too much. Lord means you are a servant of him. A servant doesn't have any say-so, but yes, Lord. But yes, Lord. That's your only response to God is yes, Lord. But, oh, Lord, no. Why come now? Who, me? That's not your vocabulary. You need to get it out of your vocabulary. You need to cast down that devil and tell the Lord, yes, Lord. And then allow him to do the Lord thing in your life. He's the leader of your life. He's the orchestrator of all events that come and go in your life. You don't want all the choices that he has for you. Why do I say that? Because sometimes he had to put a hard-headed person in a hard place that they may learn to do what he told them to do the first time. We don't want that side of God. We want the good God all the time. But the all-the-time good God is not for all people because all people are not already ready to do what God told them to do. Submission is a process. The good God comes out on the other side of that process. 
Okay, I'll tell you like this then. My children, when they were small in my house, didn't have no say-so in my house. It was what I said, the way I said, when I said, that's what I said. When they got out, they understood what I said. So it is with Lord over you. We need to stop thinking we can debate with God, reason with God, and especially argue with God. Fighting God when God don't lose. Coming against God when he's right. Oh, y'all listen to me. God want to manifest himself in our lives. We need to stop prohibiting him from doing so by being so stubborn. We have much proof about the stiff neck and stubborn in the Bible. Those people didn't win. Many of them were cut off because they just wouldn't submit. I thank God for grace because we don't have to go through some of the things they went through, but they were told to us that we didn't have to go through. Your life is better because we have a better promise, but the conditions are still the same. We either serve or we don't. It's no in-between. It's no gray area. We're too worldly thinking. We think there's an option. There's no option. You either follow the Lord or you don't. You can't halfway get in, but you're all the way out. Okay. 9 through 14. Did I finish reading it? Verse 11 says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, you, 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 me, that believes in him, he said the works that I do, he will do also. Jesus don't lie. Jesus don't think you're going to do it and say you can do it, and then you be not able to do it. The works that he did, he said we can do also. He said you will do it also. You already can do it. You need to will do it. This is a matter of your will now submitting to the will of God that his works be done through those that will do. How then do we create a great assembly, a holy convocation, a place where the spirit of faith is present? His brothers didn't believe. There are brothers and sisters in here that don't believe. So you're causing faith to be doubted in the atmosphere, and there's a disruption in the flow of God. Everybody that come into the household of God needs to believe God is. And he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek after him. If you don't believe, then it's impossible for you to please God and do the work of God. Your faith is your measuring stick of the results that God has challenged you to accomplish. I say your faith is your measuring stick of the things that God has told you to accomplish. If you're not seeing any results, you need to check your faith. How then do you get your faith built up? Faith comes by hearing. You need to start talking to yourself, declaring to yourself what God has said over yourself, that the work of God come through yourself. Stop talking about any and everything and talk about what God told you. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4. 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. I wasn't going to read this, but I think I need to. 2 Peter 
That's why I didn't have it marked, Pastor. I normally never turn to my Bible. But I need you to hear this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. You do know virtue is moral excellence and miracle working power. Moral excellence and miracle working power. He has called you to that, given that to you, that you can do that. We're quick to say we're not perfect. In our flesh, we're not. But in the spirit, we are. We're not getting perfect. We have been made perfect to do perfect things. That's the side of God in us to do the things God has called us to do, that we do moral excellence out of his miracle working power. We don't get the glory for it because he can't, we can't do it without him. So he sees us to do things he wants done in earth through us if we submit ourselves to him to be used by him to do what he wants done. Is anybody listening to the Lord today? Four, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers, participants of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, you and I may think we're still going through things, but God has brought us through things. You have to see yourself beyond those things that used to cause you to trip and fall. If you don't see yourself beyond anything, you'll keep doing the things that keep tripping you. You got to look beyond where you are and see what God has called you to and go there. Don't wait to get to heaven. Bring heaven to you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We're not going there. It's here. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's at your fingertips. It's in your ability to do the things God has called you to do, although they are much greater than you can do. Amen? Moses had a stick. Simple stick. Nothing special about the stick. But in the hand of the man of God that's doing God's will, that's a supernatural rod to part the ocean, part the sea. If you would have picked up the same stick, you would not have gotten the same results. Because you weren't the man God had anointed to touch the stick. But God has anointed you to touch the stick that he's given you to tear down the things that's hindering you. You have the same ability that Moses had. You have the same ability that Joshua had. You have the same ability that any veteran in the Bible has. We're in the same armor, fighting the same fight. Stop looking at them they being great, and you be great with them. Amen. We have a great cloud of witnesses to talk to us, to, show, to cheer us on, to do what they have shown us that we can do. I'm telling you, God want to manifest himself. He said he will manifest himself to him, Whoever him is, is you. Uh, I don't care about how I sound. It's not good grammar, but it's correct English. You have to learn to follow the Lord. Not afar off, but right with him. When you're walking with him, anything is possible. When you're walking outside of him, it's defeated already. See you in him and him in you and father in you doing godly things through you, and praise him for your great victory. The boost was nothing. 
It was just tents in the wilderness. Many of us come from hardship. I came up poor, not even knowing I was poor. Lived in a trailer when we started. A lot of kids, mom and dad. Never thought I was poor because I didn't know what poor was. My father always worked hard, had enough to eat, had enough to clothes to wear, never went barefooted unless we chose to. But when I moved away from there, I saw how poor I was. I said, wow, we didn't have nothing. But I didn't know that because I didn't know the value of having nothing because we had all we needed. So when you see the value in God's side, you're never without. There's no lack. There's no less than. We have been listening to the wrong words. We, we get on this thing of being successful, how the world says, and we don't see ourselves as successful. They was in tents and praising God. They didn't have no homes. They were sojourners going from place to place, didn't even have a promised land yet. But they had a promise, precious promise they were standing on. And God brought them from nothing into marvelous things. And most Jews that I know are, with, are rich. They seem to have everything going for them. They don't fully understand Jesus yet, but they, they got all the materialistic things they need. As do you and I. We got different status of life, but we're at the same glorified God living in the same glorified body, this body. He makes nothing marvelous. He takes mess and make a miracle out of it. God has transformed you. The last thing I'm going to tell you before I take my seat is transformation is always ongoing. I said transformation is always ongoing. You should not be the same today as you were when you first came to the Lord. You should not believe like you used to believe. You should believe better. You should believe more. You should believe now all things are possible. You have seen enough to know that something else can happen. Good. Don't stop believing. Don't stop trusting. Let God manifest himself in every area of your life. Don't pick and choose where to place him. His place is above you at all times. Make that his permanent position. Before you make a decision, take it with him and let him answer you. Stop praying one way. Pray in union. Union is we are one in this, Lord. It's not what I want, it's how you want it to be. It's not the way I want it, it's when you want it. Where you want it and how you want it. That's my choice. That's my final disposition. I don't have a say-so, but yes, Lord. Everybody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mean it when you say it, say it again. Yes, Lord. Don't tell me, tell him. Yes, Virtue by which you have been given to us exceedingly great precious promises that through those you may be partakers of the divine nature. Partaker is a participant position. Sometimes when the praise team is praising and worshiping, we got spectators instead of participators. Sometimes when the ministry of the word is coming, we got spectators instead of participators. God don't need you looking at him. He needs you being like him. He don't need you hearing from him. He needs you doing what you hear. I hope that you're getting what you need from the Lord because you didn't come here to be a spectator. You came here to learn to be a participator, and God expects you to participate continuously, not just on Sunday morning into the afternoon, but it's the whole time, all the time, 24-7, 365, even at 366 days every year. 
Now, a choice has been given. That choice is you can serve the Lord wholeheartedly or you can be all the way out. There's no almost in. It's all the way in or all the way out. And when you learn to see life as all the way in, you start living differently. You start viewing things differently. Get this worldly mind thinking out of your mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that he thought not about himself, but he made himself not equal to God, but he humbled himself even unto death. Our choice, our charge is to die to self that Christ may live. That has to be your final choice. Dying to self is a daily thing, but it has to be done daily. I choose this day to serve the Lord. When I get up tomorrow, I'm going to choose that day to do the same. Whatever comes to go through that day matters not because I'm going to serve the Lord all day long. Amen? Amen. Declaration, prioritization, communication, manifestation, and transformation. These are the things that I have told you. These are your tools that you need to use when the test comes to challenge what you know. You got to declare a thing, but you don't need to say something if you don't believe what you're saying. You got to prioritize your life to line up with the lifestyle God has called you to live. Otherwise, you might well get all the way out and stop pretending. You got to have communication. You can't do all the talking and expect God to not say something and not have anything to tell you to do if he's your Lord. You are a servant of the Lord, a bond servant with Christ Jesus. You got to look like him, talk like him, act like him, that you become him. He wants to be seen and not you, in you and through you. When you look at you in the mirror, you should be confused about who you see because you don't see the person you used to be. Oh, Jesus. You need to stop fixing yourself up to look wonderful and you look horrible in God's sight. Because you're doing what you want, he can't see him in you. Manifestation, you need to plan and purpose every day to do something godly. Plan and purpose every day to do something godly. It might be the first thing you do in the morning. It might come when you want to be doing something else, or it might come before you go to bed, but you've got to plan to do something godly every day. And you will see that opportunity come to you the more you plan to do that. No need to have to plan if you're not going to do the plan. Transformation is your last step. See that you're on a journey to prove worthy of the privilege God has died to give you. I said, see yourself as privileged to prove worthy of the task God has given you. It's a blessing to talk about God to anybody. But it's more of a blessing for God and Jesus to talk about you. Uh, don't you know Jesus is always interceding, calling your name before the Father, causing God to look at you to say, look at him. He's doing just what you told him. Look at her. She's doing just what you told him. And Jesus said, yes, Father. They heard your word. They received me when you sent me. Now I can trust that they're going to do what you told me to do. They're doing it too. Stand to your feet. You're not an ordinary person. You're not. You need to remind yourself that you're not ordinary. You're in a body to do extraordinary things. 
Anytime God chooses to use you, you need to be readily available. In the military, we had a position that we had to stand all the time at the ready. You train to be ready. You don't wait till the fight comes to get ready. You train hoping you're ready for everything that's coming your way. When it comes, you're already ready. Your test is not something you're not familiar with. You've had many tests, but every one you've had, you experience the things before you get to the test because God gives the answer before the test. You got to learn to see it coming based on what's happening in your prayer life, based on what's happening in your fasting life, based on what's happening in your meditation life. You need to see what's coming because it's already been told to you what you're going to have to do. God loves us. He so loved us that you know he gave Jesus for us. We need to pray that the love he gave us lives in us, that we can love each other and him the way he loves us. This causes your will to be submissive to the will of God. Love is the only thing that changes you. Information don't change you, make you rationalize and think about it. Debate whether you're going to do it or not. Love causes you to change. If you love something, you'll do whatever it takes to cause that love to grow. The Bible tells us that we have to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. That love transforms you into a godly person. That godly person acts like Jesus everywhere we godly go. I have a few appeals, and they are very simple. If you don't have any clue what I'm talking about, this message was for you. This message is to tell you that God loves you, and he wants you to change. And he wants to be the change in your life, the agent that caused you to change, the agent that caused you to see the truth, know the truth, become the truth, and then do the truth that he teaches you to know and do. If anyone under the sound of my voice is not saved, have not made the Lord Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, God has sent me here to tell you it's time to change. Your change has come. You need him to change. He is the agent that causes change to occur. Some of the hardships that you've had is because you resist to change. We stumble and fall many times because we resist to change. Repeating a bad thing is not going to get a different result. You're going to get the same result if you keep doing the same thing. So it's time to change. If there be anyone, please raise your hand. If you're online, make contact. The number's on your screen. I don't see any hands. There may be some here that don't have a church home. They still having their wilderness experience, going to church to church, bouncing around, not finding a place that they might feel that they fit in. If you can't fit in here, you can't fit in nowhere. This place, this house of God, love God's people. Those that know they're God's people and those that don't know yet that they're God's people. This is a God-loving planet full of people that don't know that God loves them. We need to be telling people that God loves you. If you come and join us, we'll help you to grow in God and send you out to tell someone else that they need to come to God too. If anyone want to join this ministry, pastor in this congregation will be glad to have you as a member, as a brother that believes. If you are that one, please raise your hand. Praise the Lord. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please gather your things and go with Brother Fabian. They're going to take some information from you, and we're going to welcome you to the household of God. Give them a hand clap as they go.
It's prayer time. I need you to be asking God right now to let the Holy Spirit minister to you. The Holy Spirit ministry is in the earth today. God, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit back to be his agent. We don't have a flesh Jesus. We have the Spirit Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And some of you don't know who the Holy Spirit is. You never had an encounter with him. But he wants to talk to you. He wants to teach you. He wants to empower you. He wants to create in you the ability to change when you even don't want to. If you don't know anything about the Holy Spirit and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, please raise your hand. We have some literature here that will enlighten you on what the Holy Spirit ministry is, who he is, and how he operates in the lives of the believer. You must be spirit-led to follow Jesus. You must be spirit-led to obey the word of God. Carnal-minded people can't do it. You got to submit and die to your carnal self to live spiritually to the Lord. I see no hand. So if there's someone here that has a concern, they want to bring to the altar. The altar is now open. This altar is a holy place. It's a place where you and God can talk. You pray, he hear. He speak, you hear. You can change your wrongs to right. You can change your guilt to innocence. You can change, exchange your hurt to happiness, your pain to joy. This is your opportunity to come before the Lord in prayer. And if you want to pray at your seat, you can. But the altar is open. We don't come to the altar anymore because we think we got it all together. But we don't. We don't have it all together. It's God to hold everything together and put things back together that's been broken apart. So even as you stand at your seat, think about the one next to you. Talk about them to God, even though you don't know what the situation is. It's stuff happening in everybody's life. And the prayers need to be praying. And the believers need to be believing. And those that know the Lord need to be displaying the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your holy word. We thank you for this holy assembly. We thank you that it is feast time. It's the time of the harvest. It's a time in the natural that the season is changing. But it's also changing in the spirit. We want to see more of you. We want to become more like you. We want to act more like you, talk more like you. Let you be on display more in our lives. We want to humble ourselves, Lord, that you may exalt us in due season. We want to do the thing that you have called us to do. Be at the place you have called us to be. And honor you whenever we get there and however we get there. Lord, bless your people today. Let the hearts that are here, that have heard, receive and store within themselves that they become doers of your word. Not just hearers only. That they become agents that manifests you in the places wheresoever you send them. In their homes, on their jobs, at the schools. Lord, we want to see you, be with you, do what you call us to do at all times. And Lord, we want you to bless our will to fall more in love with you, that your will be done and not our will, Lord. Hear us when we call upon your name and answer us speedily and transform our lives that we may be transformation in the lives of others. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.